0: I think the best stories, can't are, are the lower levels. It's, yeah. the, it's the person who's only done 5K and they've done their first half marathon and the look on their face and just the... All of a sudden, they've got self-belief in themselves. They've got confidence in themselves. Mm. So often, um, you know, if someone does 100 miles every, every month or every couple of months, it's not such a big deal. But for these lower levels... Um, Someone who's never run before, someone who's struggling with, um, you know, their health. It could be they're trying to lose weight or they've been through like a, a messy separation or a divorce. They often get quite emotional. That was Timothy Walsh
1: and this is the Running Deep Podcast. Welcome back to the Running Deep Podcast. On this week's episode, I have Timothy Walsh in the studio. Uh, for those who don't know, Tim is the race director for Australia's fastest-growing uh, backyard ultra-format race uh, called Dead Cow Gully, and yeah, look, you know, it, it just goes to show what type of um, person Tim is, because he does live three and a half hours away, and he did make time you know, to drive in and do this. So it's quite special. Um, we did have a really cool down-to-earth conversation just about, you know, the logistics behind starting a race, um, you know, what keeps the race going, you know, and to see the race, uh, race director's perspective on, you know, what it really means to be tough and push through. Um, he was there for the Australian record in Western Australia. I think it was 75 hours Um, and yeah, we just get an insight into his NDIS work as well. Um, you know, he is a really humble guy and he just wants the best for his athletes. He wants the best for, you know, a community race. Um, but other than that, look, I'll just leave this for the episode. It was, it was cool to really sit down and get that insight of what it takes to start a race and you know, what keeps his cup full, especially when it comes to the, um, the social work, but I'll leave it at that. Please enjoy this episode with me and Timothy Walsh. But that's all I do, my editing and all that on. like, mm. It's so basic, but it gets the job done. Like Exactly. Yeah, and that's all I need. Cool. We're on. We're doing the thing. <laughs> We're finally doing it. Um, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Kent. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, And no. thanks for the accommodation, mate, for putting me up.
1: No, that's all. Yeah, no, because <laughs> you know I just want to help where I can. I'm, you travelled, what from the Nango to do this? So yeah, how far is that?
0: Well, it's about three and a half, <laughs> mate. But you know, runners runners come a long way to come to dead Gully, so it's uh, it's the least I can do, mate. Yeah,
1: no, no, I'm I'm, I'm just glad that you know we're we're doing this because it, you know from a l- it's completely different from. Uh, Quite a few of the guests that I get on the podcast, you sure, know, they're all ultra endurance athletes or people of, you know, with a massive story to tell. Not saying that you don't, <laughs> but um you know, you're you're a race director of, you know, if not Australia's fastest growing uh, backyard
0: for oh. race. Jeez. Oh well, that's what I see. That's a big call, mate. <laughs> Can you write me a reference?
1: <laughs> yeah. So if you want to go through that, because um you know a, a few of the listeners. I like to describe them as, you know, millennial sufferers, people who've gone through some stuff. So, mm. you know, they're not they, – some of them might not know what a backyard ultra is or, you know, if you want to explain what dead cow gully is and actually how it started because you don't wake up and go, I want to be a race director.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> you, how did how did that all form? Uh, okay, there's so a few questions there. So, so basically, um, I'm not a runner myself yeah. but I um, – where it all started, I think, is I, I gave up alcohol, maybe similar to your story. Yeah. So I um, I just gave up alcohol for like a week mm-hmm. and um, that was pretty easy and gave it up for two weeks, gave it up for a month. And at the same time, I, I wanted to to better myself mm-hmm. some way. So, you know, instead of just giving up alcohol and sitting on the couch, I started going to park run, doing the 5K and then started going to like um a few like run queensland events and i just really liked the whole vibe of the ultra community it was yeah, such yeah, it was yeah. such a positive um such a positive contrast to to going out to the pub mm-hmm. on a friday night like these people all to me sort of had different life goals they sort of were pretty healthy mm. very social so yeah um, I, I started doing these events love the vibe and instead of going down the running route and trying to improve my own running I actually um, uh, I went to the Clint Eastwood and did some training at Oxley and um, I really became obsessed with this format this 6.7 mm. and people were sort of saying how cool this this thing was because you all meet back at the um, at the start line and like a point-to-point, you're never going to see those runners again. You can have a chat at the start line, but um, you're going to be hours apart Mm. when you're out Mm. there. You're never going to see them again. Mm. So um, it's quite unique. Coming back to the start line and you're you're mixing, you're mingling, you're having a chat during loops. And, yeah, I I did four or five loops there for the training run and then I was driving back to Nanango and I just sort of thought, God, I reckon I can measure 6.7 out on the – Cattle property at home. So but for the, for the listeners, a, a backyard ultra
1: uh, is basically six point seven kilometers every hour on the hour until the last man is standing.
0: Exactly, it's a very weird format. So if you um, if you finish that six point seven in forty five minutes, you've got a fifteen minute break, and um, if you finish in fifty five minutes, you've got a five minute break. So that's the whole thing. Do you do a quick loop? And get
1: well, it's that fine line because, you know, mm. if, if you go too fast, you're going to be gassed. If you go too slow, you don't get that rest. Exactly. It's, you've got to keep the speed and yeah. you know, energy conservation. You know, you've got to find that sweet spot.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me personally, a quick loop doesn't make sense. Um, you know, if you finish in 40 minutes and you're sitting down for 20, mm. it's quite hard to get out of the chair. But if that's your natural pace, like Ryan Crawford, <laughs> Cole Jukes, that's their natural pace. So they do that. But um, it's so weird because you, um, yeah, you're yeah, you doing the same loop every hour. It's like Groundhog Day and then it just slowly wears you down and you can't start the loop early. So you can't come back in 40 minutes and start the next loop. You have to wait. Um, so every hour the bell rings. So, yeah, man, I, I went home and, you know, you, everyone gets these ideas. I, I always had ideas over the years, but I never had the courage to sort of yeah. act on it and pull the trigger. And as soon as I got home, I just measured 6.7. And initially the gully was out of it. I Mm. thought it was a bit too wild down there to to run. But over the next few days, I actually walked it. I hadn't walked it in probably 20 years. Mm. I'm like far out. This could actually make the event. It's called Dead Cow Gully. And that sort of – yeah, it all happened from there. And it's it's, it's just beautiful. So from the farmhouse – um, it's two K's up to the gully.
1: And it's your family's farm. Yeah.
0: It's my parents. So oh, okay, I, I live cool. in the original farmhouse mm-hmm. and my parents are on the next paddock mm-hmm. up on the hill. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, it just, it just, it's almost, it's like it's made for a backyard ultras cause it's from the farmhouse all the way to the back fence mm. and you follow the fence line all the way to the front fence. It's, it's 6.7 exactly. So oh, wow. there's no switchbacks. There's no like, you're not trying to find K's. It mm. just, It was almost – it was meant to be. So, yeah, yeah, man, I – yeah, so stopped drinking and then got into race directing pretty quickly. But I did not know what the hell I was doing. I had no template to go off. So I basically just got five or six mates to come out and do two loops for the the first time. And I got a um, photographer to take some photos, upload on Facebook. And, yeah, from there, people just – all of a sudden, got interested and um, started holding free training runs. It just kind of built from there, mm. and yeah, it was just um, it was pretty wild. I think it's it's a, such a different format and it's such a different location yeah. to to your regular sort of becomes ultras. like
1: a you know like like a community party basically. You know, you come. I've never been. I've ne- again. Yeah. I only go off the experiences of others and what I see and what I hear, and you know, you come back to that same start point. Mm. You're seeing the same people again. So, you know, during that time of rest, it becomes a bit of a party. Everyone's talking and having fun and then it's go time again. Yeah. But at least, you know, you're coming back to that same point.
0: Yeah. yeah. Would you go? Yeah, everyone's different. Like some people like to chat when they do the loop. Yeah. Others like to just stay in the zone. So, like Ryan Crawford, he generally likes to stay in the zone. But, yeah, you can get the loop done really quick if you're just having a chat. Keep the heart rate low.
1: Elevation. On on that one,
0: it's about it's roughly you know forty five to fifty meters. Yeah, so it's still a bit. It's undulate. yeah most most the uh, most elevation comes from the gully itself because yep. you're in there and it's just sort of a bit up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's generally like fairly flat. Yeah, yeah. And
1: when it comes to you know like logistically speaking, setting up something like that, what what are the you know the precautions or the red tape that you you've got to look at when you do these races?
0: Uh yeah. Well, you don't want someone to die, <laughs> so uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you've been to many farms, Kent, but you've you've got wire all over the place. So <laughs> the main thing is to clean up the paddock. And like uh, when I started mowing the course, I pretty much destroyed the lawnmower. Um, there's like rocks and sticks and pieces of pieces of metal. So um, it took a while to get the course right. And then um, the event itself, mate, yeah, you, you sort of don't want people um, pushing too hard, particularly the inexperienced people. Mm. If your heart rate's too jacked and, and like, it, it's a hot day, mm. yeah, you sort of have at the back of your mind that um, you don't want any major incidents. So, yeah, you, you ha- usually have a volunteer medic, yeah, like a nurse or doctor. Mm-hmm. So, with the dead cow community, there's at least four or five people out there volunteering mm-hmm. um so yeah man you just gotta have, you got to have you got a risk assessment with aura mm-hmm. oh uh,
1: yeah okay uh, so with aura as well
0: yeah so they they you do a risk assessment and they give you insurance mm-hmm. and then um they look over your risk assessment and send back recommendations and yeah so behind the scenes there's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. um <laughs> because um yeah they won't give you the insurance unless they're confident that yeah. it's safe
1: yeah (laughs) and with 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 some of the people signing up to the races like you know of course you're going to get your ryan crawfords phil gores and you know the guys you know that are going to go the distance but do you ever get people that just completely and utterly surprise you like the one that doesn't look like they're a runner and they end up going 24 hours or you know what type of people are you seeing come to the you know especially your race
0: yeah well that's the big thing kent like um yeah, we have a lot of people come up, like just park runners. They've done 5K, uh, maybe 10K max, yeah. and and they do a PB in distance. So we've had park runners come out and do a half marathon, yeah. and they've tripled their, their longest distance. We've had other people, um, I think Johnny Drysdale, I think he tripled his distance. I think in the first year we ran, he... Um, He went from – his biggest run was like 60K and Mm. he ended up doing like 27, 28 loops. So it's just ridiculous. I think because you since you can walk um, and you can sort of conserve your energy and really drag things out, Mm. you can really (laughs) clock up some miles without even thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, so um, usually, mate, the case – I think if you come to a backyard ultra, there's a good chance you're going to get a a PB – the distance that's generally what happens
1: i've haven't again i haven't oh i just haven't had time really to you know sign up to one of these but yeah it's one thing i like my biggest thing is rest i just yeah i love rest and i think what scares me about you know that format is that you know how far can you really go because these other races you know like glasshouse and that you just want you've got a certain time limit to do something, mm. there's a cutoff, but with you know backyard ultras, there is no cutoff. You, it's just literally you against you with a bit of speed.
0: True, mate. And people find it, it's it's sort of unsettling to enter an event and not know um, yeah. the finish. There's no finish. Um, you know, if you're doing a hundred k, if you're doing the glass house or a hundred mile, you've got these key milestones along the way, and you've got the checkpoints, and your whole body and, and your mind's gearing for this. For this hundred k, but um dead Calgully and a backyard ultra it's just it's it's over when you say it's over. there is no usually people have a goal of you know uh fifteen loops is hundred ks or uh twenty four loops is hundred miles mm-hmm. as soon as they get there uh they just shut down they're just their mind their body just they've just they can't do one more loop mm. um the hardcore people at like Ryan Crawford um Nicole Jukes and all them, they just they just keep going until until oh, they're yeah. spent.
1: I don't I, yeah. d- I
0: just don't get it. And you know,
1: I think that's a good uh, segue into well, you facilitated uh I'm pretty sure an Australian record. Uh
0: not what an f- Australian when Would was you? this, mate? Was this um
1: I think this was not not no th- the Australian record was this year, but I think Ryan got one of the records, or fifty something hours, at the time.
0: Yeah, so um, so at the Clint Eastwood, he he got the Australian record. That was fifty nine loops. So him and Kevin Muller were battling that okay, out yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah.
1: What what did Ryan get? Or what was the record? What is the record? But for? the
0: the big one is um. So Phil Gore got mm. the record. That was Anna Victoria. Yeah. So uh, Ryan was the assist. Yeah, he got, yes, Yeah, so yeah. Like 75. So he hours. got 75. Um, Phil Gould got 76. So just a crazy... Mm. That's no,
1: 75 hours.
0: Is that about 500k? I don't know, I'm not too good at maths, but... I'm about to figure that out right
1: now. <laughs> 75 times 6.7 is 502.5 kilometres of running, non, basically, yeah.
0: non-stop. Yeah, that was just ridiculous to watch, mate. Like, um... That's the be- the best of the best, so we had people from w a mm-hmm. uh big powerhouse over mm-hmm. there they came and 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 um versus the east coasters and yeah man i um I got goosebumps like when I was down there, it was like I'm witnessing something pretty incredible and wh- i think australia like in terms of the world stage mm. we're right up there we're Oh, a like hundred yeah. we're number three in the world, which the is moment.
1: you know when when they were doing that, you know the masters or whatever the, the international championships, and watching those numbers clock up, and I'm going, yeah, they're not slowing down. You know, they're at 75 hours. That's yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. And um, you know, from your your standpoint, what do you see? You know, with these guys that are running, because for me, I've watched Barry Love Day in the Pain Cave <laughs> at dusk till dawn. I think two years ago, yeah, yep. two years ago. Yeah, and that scared me. Not not because it was him, but just. Watching these guys go to a place that I've never been before—they mm. you know, shut down completely, and it's complete tunnel vision. It's grunting. It's making these weird noises, and there's no talking. There's no <laughs> smiling. It's just pain, and they and they're dealing with that. So, you know, when you see that, what do you think it takes for these guys to to push that limit? Like you see it yeah.
0: firsthand. I don't know, mate. Like I'm just a I'm just a curious spectator. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. 'Cause I haven't done a marathon, I haven't done a hundred miles. I've done a few half marathons, but mate, I really don't know. I think it's um um I think they really like they really like getting to that place where it's just hardcore suffering and um a lot of people have a backstory. Like some people, yeah, they've given up alcohol mm-hmm. or they're running away from demons or um yeah, if you speak to a lot of ultra runners, there's always a, a mm. backstory to it, isn't there? Like, it's,
1: uh, it's common <laughs> amongst them. You know, I've been to you know just simple races, and you just know who who's gone through it or gone through something. Yeah. Like you just know, and you talk to them, and then, oh, you know, oh, I used to be an alcoholic. Or I used to be a drug addict. Exactly, and going, oh, I fucking knew it. I like, yeah, yeah and yeah. it seems to be you know commonplace, and it, it's like they've repl- um, The whole terminology, or common thing, is they replaced one addiction with another. But exactly which addiction would you like? Drugs and alcohol, or running? Yeah, well,
0: yeah, yeah. In response to your question, mate, like, like, why, why do they do it, or how do they do it? Um, Look, I really don't know. I I think it comes back to training. I think it's, I think you start off because for a lot of people, a marathon is is just the most hardest thing you ever do in your life. Like you see people finish a marathon for the first time mm. and it's like they've been through a war zone. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they just keep up in the Ks and they just stretch their their mental capacity. Mm. You've obviously got to have a good crew who know what they're doing and um, the issue with me, mate, is um, as a race director, you don't want them to sort of push too far because when you're hallucinating and you're and you're lacking sleep, you're not making the best decisions and you could you could push yourself over the edge but hopefully they time themselves out before they get to that dangerous spot um
1: but does that worry you like have what, what's uh, you don't have to say names but what yeah. some stories that have worried you where you went you know this person might have to pull out next or next lap or anything like
0: yeah. that? yeah well <coughs> i'm sure ryan doesn't mind me saying this but yeah i mean last last year he was he was passing blood in his mm. in his urine, um, I didn't know about it, but he um, it's the first time it ever happened to him. So those are the type of situations. If that if you find that information out, you've got to withdraw the person straight away. That's a that's a huge risk. But he carried on for about five or six loops, and Fuck. he 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 was calling up doctors <coughs> and he was calling up family. Like, what do I do? Can I flush this out? And everyone else on the course knew, uh, <laughs> but. Um, I kind of knew something was going on mm. because there's whispering, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And um, yeah, he um, he just came up and said, Tim, um, yeah, I've got to pull out. This is dangerous. Yeah, thanks for letting me know. And um, but yeah, that's a big one. And um, but even those lower levels, mate, like if someone's inexperienced and it's a hot day, yeah. like heat strokes are real a real That's thing too, good. like if your heart rate's really high and you're dehydrated. Um, I don't know, mate. Have you ever had any close calls?
1: Oh, I had to pull out of uh, Noosa Ultra Trail last yeah. year because of dehydration. I got heat stroke big time. It yeah. was hot. It w- it was about... I got to 48k. Yeah. And, you know, I think... I th- I think they've done better with the race now but I probably won't ever go back to that race just you know they they called it a trail but a lot <laughs> of it was on road anyway yeah. I won't get into that but yeah I yeah. got to about 48k and I got to the top of uh, a hill where there was a um a volunteer and she basically pulled me from the race like she was watching me coming up and I was I had no idea but I was mm. swerving and I've nev- I've never been that dehydrated before so, I, again, I can understand that, you know, push-through mentality. Yeah. You know, get it done. But, I, I, you know, I was walking straight and then I'd suddenly, you know, got dizzy and went to the left and went to the right and had some people go, mate, are you Because right? you wow. got up. I was delirious. I was hot. I, I just couldn't hold down water. I started vomiting everything up, like the contents of my entire stomach just... Wow. And, you know, I thought that wasn't enough to pull out. And then she... She made the call, this lady just, you know, she called the, um, because you, you it was an out and 10K out and back. Yeah. And she said, this guy, Kent Mullins, number, duh, 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 he's pulled from the race. He's he's no longer running anymore. Um,
0: well, that's probably a smart move by the officials, again, right?
1: Uh, yeah, and I was like, no, nah, don't do that. Kept mm. get running. And I went, no, nah, th- what a fucking bitch. I can't believe she <laughs> would do that. And then, you know, as I'm running, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting worse. I need, I'm done. So, you know, the the crew I had, unfortunately, you know, she wanted to push me through and I said, I'm not actually allowed to continue mm. on. So I can understand that, you know, push through mentality, but then there's an actual, you know, physical health point that you've, yeah. got to, you've really got to pull the pin.
0: It's a fine line between being a badass and being tough and actually being very dangerous. Yeah. You know, it's – could you feel it coming on? Like, or did it just happen straight away or – could you just sort of feel yourself fading?
1: It was a hot day. Yeah. Um, it, it was a really, really hot day. And, you know, it was humid. It was, yes, it was raining, but it was that hot, mm. hot rain. And, you know, I I I, sh- I did the right thing. And the next day I had heat stroke for the entire day. So it, it completely cooked yeah. me. It, like with that one, like that, the next day, and this is a good pivot point for that, is when you, you know, let's say... What's the longest someone's gone for Dead Cow Gully?
0: Uh, that was Ryan Crawford, so that was 44 loops. That was the first year, yeah. So
1: do you ever hear the stories after, like the day after or, you know, <laughs> like what's the day after look like for these guys that you know you are? Oh, man, crazy. like
0: Ryan Crawford, I mean, the next morning, uh, they had a few hours sleep, so him and John Pearson. Um, at that point, there's no one else left, so... Everyone had gone home, they'd gone back to work, right? Yeah. And this event's still going on and it's just, it's me, my parents, it's Ryan's crew, it's John Pearson's crew. So there would have been uh, 10 people total mm. at the event <laughs> at that point and they were just going round loops of the paddock mm. and it was it was kind of cool, like the crowds had left and it was actually really quite intimate and personal. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, they finished the event and um, – they got up the next morning, sat around the campfire because it's pretty cold out there yeah. and we're having a bit of coffee and, and yeah, Ryan just jumps back in the car and drives home and, um, <laughs> and like he had two hours sleep and he just goes back to work. Like he goes, oh, I've got some stuff to do and, um, yeah, I'll see you later. And he just, he just drives off. Um. Yeah, so these guys never rest, and even the missions I've been on with Ryan, like crewing for him.
1: Yeah, and that's another one you did. What's, it's the ki- kill.
0: Um, yeah, the KKRT. Yeah. So the Kill the into Kingaroy yeah. rail trail, and he does these things, and he um, <laughs> he famously does them, and he just drives straight home, and he's like, "Oh, I got some mowing and whippersnipping to do at home, so, um, yeah, I better I better head off." So <laughs> I, I don't know how he operates because he he. He only has about 4 hours sleep a night. Like I don't know how he actually functions. Um to me I need my 8 hours otherwise mm-hmm. I'm dead. I, yeah. ca- I can't get through the day. So um he's built very differently. Oh, I think we all know that. And like I don't think it's to me it's not that glamorous. Like I don't the question is would you want to be Ryan Crawford? Um I don't I think, think I could handle it. I I couldn't handle it. No, it's it's not a it's not a it's a tough life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd want that life. <laughs> and with the, with the – um, like,
1: you saw him – because there's one video with Ryan and he is someone I really want to get on the podcast. Um, yeah. And I want to do it in person. I really want to sit there with him. And, but there'll mm. that'll be another time. Um, he put up a video when he was on, on his assist for the you know Australian record and I think you posted – you were there with him for that last – Yeah. And the, the video he put up was this. Mm. Like mm. – Complete and utter delirium. Like, you could hear it in his voice that he was suffering. Like, he was grunting. going, I'm going to get this done. I've got to keep on. I was like, oh, that is... I've yeah. never heard him talk like that before. And it was like, if he's like that and he's about to pull out, you know he's hurting. Like, he's hurting. So, when you picked him up from
0: there... <laughs> oh, man. I mean, um, seeing Ryan in that state, I mean, if you've ever seen someone, like, full-on um, hallucinating and... Uh, because the issue, mate, is is the event actually started, I think it was at 11 o'clock at night or something like that. So already you've got a, a bad start time. And um, so um, from the get-go you're at a sleep deficit. And I, I sort of thought because of that it would be quite a short event. I thought maybe, you know, 50 yards would be realistic, but they just kept on going. And Ryan, um, you could sort of see him, Physically, he looked okay, but just mentally seemed a bit scattered. And um, he he saw me, he reckons he saw me out on a tractor in a paddock and I was, apparently I was waving at him on a tractor. I'm like, man, no, that wasn't me. (laughs) Man, I was back in town getting some food and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually he forgot he was in an event. Like he thought, because there was music playing, he thought he was at a party like he he wasn't aware yeah he was in an event and we'd he'd he'd try to get some sleep so we'd put him down for a couple of minutes and and we'd shake him and say oh look the bell's ringing you better get out there and he's like what is this still on is this race still on like what what the hell's going on oh. and he's like oh and he and he's, he's in that he's in pain too his legs are all like seized up and he didn't know like he didn't know where he was oh. and um. Like you hear that with other competitors too. Like there, w- there were moments in the event where they would just look around and forget they're actually competing in this event. So it's, yeah, yeah man, it's um, the sleep deprivation is what gets you in the end for Backyard Ultras once you go over, you know, two days. Yeah. And um, I think,
1: you know, that, that paints a picture for these guys, like the type of person, you know, you are. It gives a bit of context. <laughs> you know, you, you're a caring dude. And I think this is a, you know, to change gears a bit here um, completely and sort of get off the path of, you know, ultras and that, you know, you're a race director and you also do NDIS work, you know, social yeah. work and, you know, helping what you would say less fortunate than us.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and that, you know, just for everyone there, it shows that you just care for the fellow human being, you know.
0: Ah, that's very kind of you to say, mate. Um yeah, I mean, I was a teacher before this and um, I, I got into NDIS work and like, I do pretty well out of that and that actually finances Dead Calgary mm-hmm. and these other mm-hmm. events. So, yeah, man, it's, it's good. Um, I think it's... Um, I much prefer it to teaching because it's just one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Like, a classroom of teenagers that kind of felt powerless mm-hmm. in some sense, like 24, 25 teenagers, it's really hard to connect. Mm-hmm. But if you've got one or two people... Um, it's, it's really cool. And, um, I'm not sure if you know Zach Willard. He, um, he, uh, he's a guy who's got spina bifida. Um, he's one of my main clients and, um, this guy, this guy can barely walk. So his, his feet are turned inwards. Um, he's always like in pain. He's got back pain. He's got leg pain. Um, so literally he's got a, a hole in his spine. He's got, um. He's got no bowel control he's, he has to wear a catheter um, So he's got all these issues but he became interested in running because mm. he was tagging along with me when I was crewing for people like crewing for Ryan yeah. um, and he would he would turn up and he would volunteer so I would give him some jobs to do and so yeah gradually runners got to know him and then he, he wanted to actually do dead Cal Gully mm. and his aim was to do one loop within the hour, and um, I'm not sure if you know Drew Willis, Gar- no, oh, yeah, Garmin no. man, yeah, he um, he went with him, and um, he managed to make it back in 58 minutes, Oh, yeah, so that was the highlight of the event for most people, because he's coming in, and there was like a guard of honour, because everyone's back in the starting corral, yeah. ready for loop two, and you can see Zach coming up the road, everyone's cheering and clapping, and... Uh, he had a big vomit afterwards, yeah. <laughs> but um, to to him that was that was the toughest thing he's ever done in his life, yeah. and it was it was almost the best moment of his life because everyone's like just they want him to succeed. Yeah, um, yeah man. So, yeah, the running actually relates. I try to get clients to get involved in running, yeah. to volunteer or do some exercise, go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard your. Possibly getting into the game, or you want to get into the NDIS game? Maybe. Yeah,
1: I, I think you know hospitality. You know, I still love, I always love hospitality, but with mm. you know NDIS, I think you know why I do the podcast. I want to help people. I want to mm. my, I want to be the help that I needed um, when I was struggling. Basically, I yeah. do want to do a bit of you know social work with you know people that were like me that were suffering. Not sure. so much disability work as, but more. You know, mental health, social work, mm. um, just to be there for someone, uh, and you know, eventually mm. get into the counselling side of things and be able to help counsel people and facilitate a safe space, sort of mm. like what I'm doing here, but actually get paid for
0: it. <laughs> yeah, that does help. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you know what? Like when you when you do these, you know, these, you help these people out. Like, how does that keep
0: your cup? Does it keep your cup full? Like, it does, mate. Like. To me, um, seeing Zach do that, um, like, that's a real highlight. Like, I, I'm a big believer in um, like the clients I've got. I try to get them involved in my, my other businesses, mm-hmm. my other life. So, they're on the farm doing stuff. Um, there'll be a few clients coming out to Dead Calgully and just doing little jobs. So, they could be at, like, a little um, aid station, halfway aid station, and they're like cheering runners on. Yeah. And, mate, it, it puts things in perspective for the runners too because, um, you know, um, a lot of my clients, they can't do a loop and it's really hard for them to do one loop. So, you know, if you're beating yourself up because you've only done 10 loops or 15 loops, just take a look at these guys, you know. They're, they're struggling. So um, you, it's, it's a real privilege to be out there running. That's sort of what the message I want to um, get across to people. Yeah, I I you think know. that's and it's it's if you can go out and run, it doesn't matter what pace you're doing pretty well. You yeah. know, you can move, you can walk, you can run. Um you yeah. don't don't take it for granted.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I I love that because again, I, as I said before, it really paints the picture of who you are. You know, you you do these things with Ryan and you know, you you want to set up these races and you're facilitating a, a place where people can be at their best, you know. Yeah. you facilitated a place where, you know, some humdrum lady, whoever gets the, the ticket and, you know, comes off the wait list or whatever it is, gets to, you know, do this race and just give it a go.
0: That's it, mate. And, like, the, I think the best stories, can't are the, are the lower levels. It's yeah. the, It's the person who's only done 5K yeah. and they've done their first half marathon and the look on their face... And just the – all of a sudden, they've got self-belief in themselves. They've got confidence in themselves. Mm. So often, um, you know, if someone does 100 miles every every month or every couple of months, it's not such a big deal. But Mm. for these lower levels, um, someone who's never run before, someone who's struggling with, um, you know, their health, it could be they're trying to lose weight Mm. or they've been through like a a messy separation or a divorce – they often get quite emotional. They come out and they do two, three, four loops and the whole crowd's cheering for them, you know. They don't even know these people and people are coming up, giving them hugs, high fives and, um, yeah, I've mentioned it before, you don't you don't get that in life much, do you? You don't get like a cheer squad every loop. People just going, keep going, you can do it, yes, yes. Um, in our workplace, mate, often we feel, you know, a bit isolated, alienated. Um, But at Dead Calgully and Backyard Ultras, man, like every loop, people are with you the whole way, which is quite rare.
1: We need a bit more of that, all of us. All of us need a bit more of that, you know, human connection. That's why you hear those stories of, you know, my experience with it, especially Glasshouse, I could not wait to go into that checkpoint. Yeah, you know, because you're meeting people that want you to succeed. Like you come in, they're like, yeah. what do you need? Oh, I need water. Sit down, all right, take your socks out. And you're like, oh, this is really nice. And people are joking with you. And, you know, there's a lot of love for, the, you know, the competitor because, you know, yeah. they know what it's like to be in that position. Exactly. And, and I think coming in, you know, again, I would really love to do it eventually, you know, a backyard ultra format. Maybe not this year. However, you know, I I, I want to experience that because everyone's I, there for you.
0: Come on out, man. Come on out. Oh. Were you thinking about doing possibly doing a podcast out there? I no, was, no pressure.
1: I was thinking, oh, again, I've got to get all the gear ready together and, and do that. But, yeah, if I can get time off work because I can't – well, now you've released it. Akana's going to be out there because I asked Akana. I, I was like – just text her. I was like – are you doing Dead
0: Cowboy? boy? I can't believe I can't believe she signed up. I I just on her Instagram, she said, "Oh, um, she said, oh what event she's doing mm. um, next year?'" And I just che- cheekily said, "Oh, you should you should do Dead Cow on Easter." And she actually responded to it. I think she watched the doco as well. So um,
1: she's she's like one of the most humble human beings you will. like she came in here with you know jai was here as well Mm. and yeah for someone who's done so much like to have that record you'd expect it to be you know a little bit of ego not like nada nothing one of the most nicest humble people that you could ever meet and for her to do like fly in for that to do your event that's that's cool.
0: It is, man. Was she when she did your podcast, was she still running? Yeah, she was still
1: running. She was, I think, day ninety eight, I think. She was still running. So she'd run that morning. So and then came in for uh, So she was
0: running through the Gold Coast yeah, at yeah, the time. Yeah. And yeah. you just got in contact with her?
1: Well she she reached out probably a year before. Well. So I knew before she like got it all out there, I knew what she was going to attempt to do but in this day and age there's a lot of talk and i was like i want i wanted to see if she actually embarked on the journey and you know could get through some of it and she she got through like 150 <laughs> marathons in <laughs> 150 days but yeah no it's cool that you've got these people coming out for that and you know i if, if i can get time off work i'm i think i'd probably get out there
0: well mate if you want to use our podcast equipment you're more than welcome like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it's not going to be the same the same quality and the same professional setup as I you've think got that brings it, it could add to it though but that's the thing it, it could, could add, add
1: you know to have people in the background talking yeah you know, i'm even thinking about setting up you know a little gazebo or something or you know yeah, have mate. people come through like every, after every couple of laps get someone
0: i'd love to have you up man and like yeah you can stay in the farmhouse if you like some yeah, accommodation cool 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 um but yeah i think um yeah, a kind of man. Yeah, you're dead right. Like you'd think you would have an ego because she's been on TV and she's got Instagram following. And but no, she's actually. We've had a bit of a chat mm-hmm. online, back mm-hmm. and forth, and she's just totally normal. There's no kind of um, preciousness or there's yeah. no um, superiority.
1: Yeah, she, no, she's <laughs> she's she's a, she's an amazing lady, and I think that's you know you're gonna s- probably, hopefully with her with her capacity for pain. I think she's going to pull some big yeah, well, she's told
0: me that she's still she's still recovering from the big the yeah, big run I'm do. not sure how long that would take to recover from mate, but I think she just wants to come out and give it a go
1: yeah, she yeah she'll do well yeah um so look to to change uh to change gears here a bit, I do have... Well, or last week, I put up on the socials mm. you know, uh listener questions, got quite a few um so I picked the ones that. You know, I thought, you know, were the nicest, the easiest to reply to, because there were some there that were like <laughs> a paragraph long. I was like, ah, uh, I don't know if we're going to get through do that. Do like a six-hour podcast. You could do that. Um, so the first question is from Troy. Uh, Troy, I'm pretty sure, is from, I think, or he's Australian living in Canada. Somewhere in the States, I don't know. Sorry, Troy, if I got that wrong. Hey, Troy. Um, what is the most rewarding part of being the race director of Dead Cow Gully?
0: Um, Man, for me, it's seeing people come to the farm. Like, um, you, you totally look at the farm in a different light. Just to see people come to my hometown. Because, um, yeah, our family's been there since, like, the 1860s. Like, a really old name in town. Yeah, so. Okay. Man, it's such a good – like, when you when you drive into – you see people come, they check in and they're having a good time and you wake up the next morning on race day and you just see, like, tent city. Mm. You see this massive car park. Um, there's 300 people on site. And, yeah, for most of the year it's just – it's totally dead quiet. There's mm. tumbleweeds. Mm. And then all of a sudden on this day it's just like, boom. It's a shock to the system. Mm. But um, – yeah, it's so much achievement. I mean, so much um, just to have an idea and see it materialise mm. is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. But just to see people take a second look at, like, country Queensland, that's what I really try to promote is mm. country Queensland, small towns. A lot of people can drive through and just dismiss it pretty mm. quickly. But, yeah, I'm really trying to promote the, mm. the lifestyle benefits of country the, living.
1: Yeah, I... St- I stayed in Nenango last year. Did you really? Oh, because it was the the day before the BVRT. Oh, cool. So I needed somewhere to stay, and we ah. just stayed at, I think this the all the Gold Star Inn or something. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> really, really good. Nice. So y- you started in Yarraman. Yeah, so we did Yarraman.
0: But who are you crowing for?
1: No, I'll run it. Oh, I'll y- run, yeah. So that was the one my wife broke a...
0: <gasps> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: So we stayed out there. But I lo- like even um, you know I, I talked out out there. And he he loves he loves
0: It's a nice drive, isn't it? Like It you is.
1: It really is going where's that yeah. that uh the big lake? Uh Wyvern Wyvernho. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. beautiful out there. Because yeah. we had to go I went to Tagulawa a couple of weeks ago for the dust till dawn. Great town. Yeah. Um and just r- driving through those rural towns, you know, it get, as you said, it gets people out. There. I wouldn't have never have driven out there. Yeah. Unless it was for a race, but then you get to see it. You know, you get to go out there, you get to see it, and it's like, no, I could run the BVRT just for you know,
0: yeah, sake of it. Do you sort of find Kent like when you go to these small towns? It's just like, it's like a throwback in in time. It's like you're going back in time, and it's just everything slows down. Maybe your phone doesn't work, and it's just like, God, life's pretty simple. (laughs) That's that's you think how complicated we've made our lives, Mm. and how busy we are, but you go to these small towns, and it's just like, oh you actually kind of feel human again.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love it. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully I can make it out for the uh, dead cow gully. Yeah. Um, so second question from Jacinda. I have n- don't know where Jacinda's from. from. Um, how far do you think you could go in your own race? Oh, God. Um, like with everything that you've... You know, experienced, yeah. and seen, and like pushing through those barriers. What, like, how far do you reckon you could get
0: to go? Me personally, running. Yeah, right. Um, at the moment, mate, um, I've sort of strung together a few fifteen and twenty k's lately, but I reckon I'm a big sweater, mate. So summer's out for me, but during winter, I reckon I could maybe get eight loops, maybe eight loops. So that's your fifty. That's your fifty-three k. It would be tough. Yeah, I think I could probably do four or five, um, relatively easily. But maybe maybe eight. Eight. Yeah. Currently, where I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I don't. I wouldn't have the capacity to do like a hundred k or a hundred mile, mm-hmm. at, like right now. Would yeah. Ever consider getting back into the world? yeah, I could, mate. I get more satisfaction just from holding like a really good event. That's where I yeah, kind of yeah. get my my kicks from. I know, like, yeah, I know I've got less credibility because I haven't I haven't run the big miles, but um, <laughs> I um, I think facilitating is enough, maybe. Yeah, mate. I think you really want to you want to do it for the right reasons, don't you reckon? Like, if you don't really have that desire and motivation, I don't. You know, maybe you could train me, Kent. Maybe you could uh, give me some pointers. <laughs> Get Jai to train you. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a run coach. He's good at that. I'll, I'll give you a free <laughs> ticket if you can give me some pointers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one is from Adam. Again, Adam, sorry, I don't know. I just
0: saw your Instagram. Um, Western Branch, what happened to it? Well, mate, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the first year was great. Um, like y- you expect to make a loss in the first year because um, you know if you've got fifty people that turn up, you've got you've got to hire toilets, you've got the venue hire, you've got um, age station food, you've got insurance, you've got photography. It all kind of adds up. Mm-hmm. So the first year I sort of made about a seven thousand dollar loss, which sounds like a lot. Um, But everyone had a good time. It was a good event. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of hoping the second year I could break even, Mm -hmm. third year make a profit. So, um, yeah, I I released tickets early and they just didn't really move that well. Mm. And we only sold about 16 tickets over like four and a half months. And I was sort of thinking, man, I don't think I can really stomach another loss. Mm. Um, It sort of needs to be around 50 entrants to break even and up near 100 to make a profit. Mm. So, yeah, man, I, I hated to – I didn't want to do it. But um, – and also, man, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I've got Dead Gully and nine weeks later I got the Masters mm. and Western Branch would be in between those two. Mm. So, there was a part of me that was thinking, you know – It would be too much. If it cancelled, I wouldn't be too mm. distressed because I've got my hands full. Mm-hmm. And it's just me doing everything. Like, I don't really have a, a huge team behind me. Yeah. It's me doing everything. So, yeah, man, I just put it on ice. It was disappointing, but um, you can only take so many losses yeah. as a business, as you would know. Um
1: would you are – you, are you thinking about doing it next year or are you just – I'd love just, to, mate.
0: Yeah. I'd love to, yeah. And, you know, it was a shame, man, because when I cancelled, like everyone came out on social media and said, oh, I was I was going to buy a ticket. I was just about to buy a ticket. And buy the fucking ticket. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's been up for four and a half months. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And it's like 16. Like that wouldn't even cover the venue hire, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So it was just a hard decision, but I think it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, you can only take a loss for so many. Cause so many times. I think
1: when you when you did or when you first announced that you were looking into the Western Branch, I was fucking keen because I saw the type of terrain you're like. It's oh, awesome, and it's it's not it's runnable. It's not oh, like yeah. technical t- terrain or anything like yeah. that. It's just one big loop. Yeah, but I think for me personally, I'm a loop person. Like I'm just a, sure. I'm not an out and back. I'm a Big loop, see everything. Everything's different. Everything's different. And you come yeah. back and you finish. So I heard some. I heard some really good things from that. So you know, for all the listeners that have been following, make sure get tickets to the Western Branch
0: <laughs> next year. And that's just a hundred k. It's a hundred k, but there's also like a a marathon, half marathon, ten mm-hmm. k. Um, I'll take you out there for a tour. And there's there's also a documentary with Drew Willis. I yep, think it's yep. called Western Branch first attempt or something like that's that.
1: That's the that's the thing that I watched. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I it's really cool. Thought, yeah. It's such
0: such cool scenery, but um hard decision, man, but <sighs> what do you do? It's what it
1: is. <laughs> um so yeah, to look look, uh, to land this, to bring this back down, you know, I've I ask every single guest these two questions. Um, you know the first one is what do you want people to know about you? What's something that you want your audience to know about you, or you just uh, wish they knew about you. Yeah,
0: right. Um, <laughs> geez, mate, it's a good one. Wish I sh- wish I prepared for this one. I don't like people preparing. <laughs> you know. um, what what do I want people to know about me? Um, look, I think deep down, mate, I think I am. Um, I, I think. I think I am kind and caring. It's, it's hard It's hard talking about yourself in that light, but, you know, to be a teacher and to be in disability care, you kind of need to have a bit of kindness. You need a heart. You do need a heart. Um, and I think it – I hope it comes across with the race directing in Dead Cal Gully. Um, I can tell you for a fact it most definitely does. Like I hope the, it does. The conversations
1: I have, you know, oh, you're going to do – your race comes up as, are you going to do dead cow this year? Oh, cool. Are you, are you, are you going to do? Oh man, I, I really want. I hope I get tickets to get. You know, people see. You know, and it comes across with who you are as a person, like just basically who Tim Timothy Walsh is. That's what it comes across as. The race. Oh, director. I appreciate that, mate. Yeah. You, you you're you're facilitating a, a fun event that people want
0: to be at. That's why this. You know, this year you've got how many entrants? Like. Well, man, we put out the list yesterday. Um, So there's about 220 on the list and we hope there's like 200 starters on the day. Yeah.
1: You know, 200 people have 220 individual people wanted to do your race.
0: It's it's wild. And it
1: comes across that way with, with the posts that you do. You're really involved in it. And, you know, some race directors, they're sort of like, I'm the race director, here you go. And another one sort of, you know, juxtaposition with you is um, who's the guy that does – Chris Costman, you know, who does uh, the Badwater. Sure. Very, very similar way. And, you know, he has that respect from people that, you know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He'll draw a line where he has to. But, you you know, he makes it fun. He wants people to enjoy the race and it comes across like that with you.
0: Thanks, mate. And I took – I watched, you know, Brett from Run Queensland. Have you done a few runs? I
1: I haven't done a Run Queensland, Right, I I know. Yeah,
0: he's such a nice guy. And you could kind of tell with his events, it it starts with the top, um, the race direct, and it filters downwards. And, you know, um, even like I think my brother had to pull out of an event and he he rang up Brett. And Brett actually wanted to have a chat Mm. and ask about it. How's his training? How's his injury? Yeah. What have you been up to? and that little interaction was like a five minute phone call. um my brother got off the phone and said he's he's a really nice guy <laughs> he actually he actually wanted a chat, yeah. and it's just those little interactions that if you yeah. add them up, um I think it pays off that you actually give a damn about people and you you don't just dismiss them yeah. um yeah you want to, you want to know more about them. I think that's pretty important. I think it's yeah,
1: brings it back to that connection piece. Yeah, you know, true. People want to be listened to, and you know, you've done that. You've done very well with your race, and I, it it will not surprise me that next year you're busier. It really won't. Like it's, it's not so much trending. It's just a like, it's just a good race. It's a I cool event. It's yeah. a cool event that people want to be a part of to say I did that, Cowgarty. Oh, thanks, and that's mate, that's, that's yeah. the awesome part. Like that. That's what you want to do it for. You know, (laughs) people want to be there because you did it.
0: That's the best part. Oh, thanks, Kent. Thank Um, you very much.
1: No, it's all good. That's why I do this. I I love talking to people like yourself that are doing these extraordinary things for other people. Um, So the second question to end this and bring it back down is, you know, not so much of the mental health piece, but more, you know, the going through the suffering and, pain and what you've seen with all these from that, you know, third-person perspective, you know, what is your biggest takeaway from that and what is your, you know, your message to the people that are putting themselves into these races to push hard, to to go through that?
0: Yeah, mate, um, I've thought about this a lot. Like, the big question is, you know, why why do people put themselves through this? Especially over Easter, when, when most people are going on camping trips, spending time with family, you know, you'd think, um, look how busy we are with work. You'd think you just want a few days off to chill. But I think um, what people are doing is they're deliberately going through suffering and hardship because they know that when you come out the other side, there's like these like golden nuggets, and you just feel so much better about yourself. And you'll go back to work, and things won't be as hard. Like I just think, I just think every, it puts everything in perspective. Where the stuff that you thought was hard um, and stressful is actually just—it's nothing. It's like I've run a hundred miles. I have put myself through absolute hell. Um, so I think David Goggins talks about this. It's like um, wringing out that sponge. You know, you're taking out your problems on the road or on the loop, on the trail and when you come out it's like you've you've rid yourself of all um all ego and um, anxiety and stresses and you can just sort of almost see the world for what it really is. I'm not sure if that makes sense but um it's it's a great kind of purifying thing to do. Even if you do five or six loops mm. if that's if that's your limit. So um,
1: I guess you know Pain's relative to the person. It is, and we've all got
0: different pain thresholds. That's yeah. what you you find out, and you can increase that over time. Like if you do five or six slips one year, yeah. you come back and do ten the next. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's. I think everyone has a different response to that. Everyone has a different reason why they're running. What yeah. um, What do you, what do you think, man? What's What's your perspective?
1: No, you you hear the the term, you know to. Better oneself, and mm. uh, it's very cliche, and uh, it's it's used a lot. Um, for me, what I see is, yeah, I I think it gives people an insight of what can happen. Mm. You know, for me, oh, I haven't even really figured it out for myself why you know. Why the fuck do I want to run 160 kilometres? You know, that's coming up in June. I was speaking about it earlier. I'm I'm so scared. I'm so underdone. I've got an injury. And I I don't know. There's some part of me that goes, it is possible that you can, but you are going to have to give your absolute everything. It's not a half-assed job. And I want to prove, I think it's to prove to myself, you know, couple of years ago it would have been to prove to everybody else that I can run, I'm the i the ultra runner Kent. I think for me and what I see, you know, in a, in a lot of athletes is to prove to yourself that you just can. You know, that you can give your hundred percent at something. Doesn't have to be everything all at once. Yeah. But to you know, to be able to really push your mind to a place that it's never been. Um you know, again, bringing back to the Ryan Crawford, he's done it a lot, and he's always, you know, trying to deepen that pain cave and and, and go further into himself. But I think for me, I I, I think 100 miler is is one thing I want to do, whether I DNF or mm. finish it. I think that's that's going to be my limit, but I want to give it my absolute everything. And you know, to bring it back to the question, at the moment, I just want to see how far I can go. Um, mm gives a bit of spice in life, it gives a bit of something different because I think we all get a we all get caught up in a bit of, you know, the daily grind. Getting up, go to work, do your thing, go to bed. Yeah. Get up, go to work, do your thing, go to bed. And to do these hard things, you know, gives gives a bit of purpose, I think. It gives a bit of purpose mm. to us, even with the training that we do, you know. It's not it's not the goal that we should be looking at that longevity of the actual journey to get there and i i think that's what i'm starting to learn with this especially with the training there is no real reason i think it's just to f- to feel good for that one one little moment and then move on to the next moment and that will happen over the next couple of years Don't, it doesn't have to be every week and i'm doing a race but those small little snippets yeah
0: and that's yours like no one can ever take that away from you can they like you've You've done the hundred miles. Have have you got any? Uh, how do you stop yourself from pulling out? Like, what if you get to the hundred k, or c- and you <laughs> say, "Look, guys, look, <laughs> I, I'm done." Like seriously, I know I had this goal, but like, I'm really.
1: That's. How
0: how can you put in? Can can you put some strategies in place or some safeguards? My crew, yeah,
1: my crew. So I've I've selected two guys that, um, that mean uh, a lot to me. Uh, there's Max O'Neill, claws. Um. Oh, that's a f- fuck. I could cry off that one because claws has seen me at my worst. He's seen me when I was at my worst, and drugs, alcohol, and Max. I've grown up with since uh, year two. Uh, only, and he, he's. Well, I shouldn't say it, but you know it's common knowledge now. He tried to take his life a couple months ago. And, you know, to be there through that when he was in the psych ward, to, to be a part of that and really be there mm. for him, in a way, you know, he's, he mentioned it was to return the favour. But, you know, I would yeah. do that in a heartbeat. I would, it's not return the favour, but, you know, for, to have him there, you know, there was a split minute, it's getting on the deeper side now, but, you know, there was a split moment where if it wasn't for his partner to be in the house, he wouldn't be here right now. Wow. It was a five-minute window, not even. But he's here now and he, he's doing better than ever. But, you know, I chose him because he, he knows how I operate. Um, I'm more of a gentle person. I'm not more, you know, I'm going to get to 100 and something. k. I know I'm going to get, I'm going to surpass what I've done. That's my goal. Yep. I want to finish. I want to finish and I'm going to do everything in my power. But I need the support, the gentle support, not the slap on the back and shit sure. your teeth, fucking go. Yes, I can't. Remind me why I'm doing it. Remind me how hard it is and and that I can – I've done harder things in the past, you know. Sure. It's only 24 hours or 28 hours out of my year that I'm going to be in this much pain.
0: It's temporary. It's yeah.
1: so temporary. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's just to, you know, continuously remind myself even in the lead up that it is possible, but it's going to cost everything. You know, it's going to take me – my heart and soul in the even though, you know, a hundred miles is a very long way. To some of the big oh, ultra runners That's huge. It's, you know, a walk in the park fourteen hours what oh. it is. But, you know, for for people like myself and other runners that are doing it because it's this huge, audacious goal, it means it means a lot to me. And I've got to find, you know, the right reasons to do it. And if I once I find the exact right reason, there's no stopping like oh, yeah. there's no stopping me. No, but there is no Stopping me when I do want to pull out,
0: so worst case scenario, you could just walk it in right, like if you get to a point where you can't run, do you think you could just do the death march? That's walk what it, it in? was
1: going to be last year, yeah, so I got to fifty eight and I, I couldn't run, and it was like, you know I'm going to death march this until I can't, yeah, and then it got to a point where it was like this has hurt my injury gotcha. yeah, yeah, there's a difference between injury as we spoke about, you know there is a difference between injury and pushing through and, and, like you know, doing yeah. more damage. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, look, there's a, there's a few safeguards there that I've got, but I think the biggest one is the mentality and the lead-up, the training, or what training, basically. Um, yeah, and, and community. It's, you know, having the right people around me, doing some running events, you know, hopefully getting out to Dead Cow, uh, and just meeting people that have been through it, done it, and, you know, can give me some pointers, but I think, the biggest one is just to enjoy it for what it is, as much as there's pain and suffering. You in, you you do it because you love it. There's no other reason.
0: Well, mate, I'll drop you a little care package on the trail. I'm not too far from the trail. The Masters will be on at the same time as the BBRT. Yeah. But, mate, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll drop a little care package. I'll put your name on it on the trail there, a little present for you. Oh,
1: <laughs> that'd be good. No, but look, to land this, to, to finish this off, I just want to say thank you... I fucking mean it. Thank you so much because it's the you're the first race director or, you know, person of I can't say person of actual importance, but <laughs> you, you're do, you're doing you're doing a lot in the community, and I appreciate you actually taking the time. As much as you linked up, you know, your NDIS work with that one, you still, you know, thought that it was necessary to drive because we could have done it over Zoom, but you know, you, you found the time to to come in and actually sit down with me to have this conversation and give us an insight into, you know, the life of a race director, the life of what you're actually doing and the facilitator of <laughs> of dreams.
0: Oh, thanks, Ken. <laughs> it's a pleasure, mate. And like your podcast, um, it's very successful and it, it no doubt, you know, um I've watched a few of them and Yeah, mate, you you're obviously a really nice guy and it comes across that you really You do care about people a lot. So I reckon if you did want to get into NDIS, you'd be a a really good candidate for that. And, uh, mate, I just keep doing what you're doing because they're very valuable podcasts. I appreciate it. Killing it.
1: Thank you so much. I think,
0: yeah, it's time. Peace. Thank you. Thanks for having me.